is the Sounding Board Podcast with Hachi and Damo. Thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Good to have your company on the sounding board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to drink wise. We are up to episode 12 of series 7. We're recording this one on Anzac Day 2022. Hello, Craig Hutchison. Hello, Usually we're in the same studio. I can see you nice in to person. S- nice to see you in the flesh. It's good to lay eyes on you. It's been five or six weeks before we get into it. I, I did see you on the television yesterday on the Sunday footy show. It looked testy yesterday. Was there some issues behind the scenes yesterday? Uh, I look forward to getting into nine and understanding what happened today. But Yeah, yeah. <laughs> look, with live TV, as you know, and sometimes things don't pan out the way you plan them to, there was a moment of testiness, yeah. Yeah, but but nothing that that, that crew, our crew, hasn't been able to resolve ever. So, If yeah. you were to award the Brownlow Medal votes for the angriest of the five of you yesterday... Um, well, Tony, given you raised the topic, who, who would you give the votes well, to? Look, look from home as a viewer. I'm just a viewer in this instance. <laughs> like Tony Jones, three votes. He looked very unimpressed with some of the theatrics and shenanigans of you. I thought Kane yeah, he wasn't with me. Kane, he wasn't with Kane. Um, Kane too. Kane, yeah, maybe Kane. Yeah, maybe Kane. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and throw it's a blanket over the one vote. Maybe. Oh, but that's the beauty of that show, Hutchie. It's a we, we deliberately don't want to know what's coming, and and sometimes it's transgresses. And there's some issues that go on behind the scenes that that actually impact the on air, and that's not shirking any responsibility for the conversations we have. But um, yeah, there were there, there was a bit going on yesterday. You yeah. know where this all goes wrong, don't you? Life the live TV element. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, I was I watching do. as a viewer, and I would trace back where things fell apart yesterday to you attempting humour. It's not your area. Sometimes you've got to know your wheelhouse. You've got to be Steve Smith, man. When the, when the funny stuff comes up, you've got to let it go through to the kids. Yeah, I'm, so, I've long known that. That's and, not and, me. And I'll, actually, I'll cop that. I'll cop that as part of the debrief on this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, nothing that, something that isn't funny, Hutchie. Now, I think you know me well enough to know. I don't really like basketball. Well, when I say that like it, it's not in the top of my sports viewing musts. And I raise that in the context today because uh, I've woken up this morning and my feed has been jammed by people wanting me to ask you, given Jane put the memo out yesterday that we're doing this show today, what happened to the Perth Wildcats? For the first time in 36 years, they are not playing playoffs. And and that has coincided with you owning the club. Yeah, it's awfully disappointing. So I think as new owners, we take full responsibility for that. It's it's not um, an acceptable outcome that we would have anticipated of ourselves coming in as first year of owners. I don't think there's much point running through all the reasons and all the different things that went wrong along the way. Oh, what I would say is we're very proud of the efforts of the playing group who gave their all and the coaching staff to put us in the best position we could in a difficult season to be there. But notwithstanding that, we should have made the finals or the playoffs. We didn't. Uh, we take full responsibility and... We'll work pretty hard to try and get this team back into another era of 20 or 30 uh, years of making the finals in a row ongoing because I think the community of Western Australia understandably has got used to and accepts and wants the team to play in the finals, and that's a reasonable uh, request of their team. We take that very seriously, and we apologise to the Red Army that we weren't able to get it done, and as new owners, it's on us. I'm not going to labour the point too much because we don't get too specific on on specific sports and and teams on, on this show, but... How do you feel, given that you've come in cold as an outsider to that town and that team and the success that it's had, that the most, arguably, the most successful team in Australian sport, year one, they're not even making the playoffs? Yeah, I feel responsible because it's been an extraordinary legacy in Australian sport, 35 years. It's very difficult to do. Hats off to the teams before us and the administrations along the way that have been able to achieve that for a long period of time. The competition is so hot. 
like we've won what sixteen games, which once upon a time would almost get you to the top of the ladder. Now we've finished outside the four. We've seen Tasmania play an incredible season and win seventeen games in their first year. A lot of things went wrong for us in the last two weeks of the season, but and ultimately put ourselves in that position. Our record wasn't too bad when we had two months unable to get back in the state, played well on the road. So I think it's reasonable of the fan base to have expected a better result in the eight or nine games we had at home at the end. We didn't get it done, and there'll be a fairly rigorous review, I'm sure, and we'll get stuck into how we get this team back to where it belongs next year. Is the coach safe? He actually addressed that himself even before this most recent loss, and he said that if you are going to move him on, that he expects to be fully paid. Yeah, I think those comments were a little bit dry at the time, and I'm sure there were some things that were said along the way that we all could have handled a little bit better. But when you say dry, what do you what do you mean? Well, I don't think he's um, I don't think he was trying to say that he expected to be moved on. I think what he was he was being his sense of humour can be a little bit dry at times. What I what I think um, I would say is Scott's- he did say if, if I lose my job, they are paying me out for my salary for next season. Yeah, look, the timing of those comments probably wasn't... The coach wouldn't say that unless he felt that, I wouldn't have thought. And, and, and you can say he's dry, and I get that. But we, We've built a team with Danny and Scott that'll take us into the future. Uh, Danny, the head of basketball, and Scott, the coach. I think in the circumstances, they've both done a, a fantastic job. So are you recommitting to him here yeah, today? Yeah, Scott's contracted, Scott Morrison? Scott's contracted for next year. And when you put yourself in Scott's shoes, we bought Scott in... Was from the Boston yeah, he's, team, yeah. he's got a he's got a um, an incredible record in NBA circles and in Canada. Before that, he's an outstanding coach. Uh, he had he came in right on the start of the season. He's coaching the the team on Zoom for two months. He can't get into the country. He can't get his family in. He arrives and has to leave and leave his family behind. Like it was an awfully difficult um, scenario that we put him under. And I think he's done a terrific job given the circumstances that he was put in. Now, right, so he, he stays? Yeah, Scott's committed to next year and well, we're committed to Scott's next year. All right, I'll make a couple more. Um, what else in this review that you're referring to will, will change? And, and because, Hutchie, they, they are going mad. You, you don't need me to tell you this, but I'm only catching the tail end of it, really. But they're going mad in Perth right now. Yeah, you. I think that's great, though, because there's such passion for the Red Army. And if It's they, not great if you're the first person to own the yeah, club that right. doesn't get him to the playoffs. We, we accept that. Our, it was a short off-season we had a lot to do in a short period of time. Trevor's departure was unexpected. We wanted to honour that. And it's great to see him go on to the Toronto Raptors and make the NBA playoffs. We had to get a new team built, a new coach in, a new head of basketball in in a short period of time. And then we were moved on the road. Now, they're, just, they're not excuses. They're just things that happened along the way. I think with all that being said, we absolutely had the team to make the playoffs. We didn't. We'll review that. We'll get better. We'll recruit. We'll find more more and more talent along the way, and we will reload and go again. And don't have any doubt that this team is going to be a finals playoff team for a long time to come. How are you going to feel with uh, Melbourne United, the team you, you used to own and sold in order to buy the Perth Wildcats, go all the way? Look, I'd be, it's, for me, it's very hard to actually invest or watch any of the remaining four teams left in the comp, I must admit, because I left. I can't remember being as disappointed or as deflated watching uh, a series of games on the weekend, particularly last night. So uh, it's Monday morning. I can't imagine I'm going to attend any of the class, but who knows? Well, I'm sure. Is, is I, it, I love the sport. I think it's the sport's in a fantastic spot. The NBL is growing. There was it was human drama on the weekend. This Perth team of ours went to overtime last night. It was absolutely down to the last wire to be beaten. It's no excuse that it happened. The Phoenix who were in the finals last year and were and it got better, I think, since last year. They missed they as missed well. Out, yeah. 
And only four make it in the NBA. You get the play-in tournament, which you know I'm a big fan of. Only four out of ten make it. We finished fifth. 16 wins and 12 losses. It's a winning season in the NBL parlance, in the NBA parlance. But I totally accept that the Red Army fans would have expected us to make the playoffs and the finals. We did too. And it's on us to get better and improve. I like you two more and we'll move on. Uh, did potentially Melbourne United, in inverted commas, use the US sporting vernacular, tank, in order to problem make it problematic for Perth? Well, I think this is the reality. If you win enough games early and strong enough, that is good basketball and you can put yourself in a position to manage your team at the back end to your best content. So... You know, it was it was clear on the weekend that winning and losing wasn't absolutely it didn't the, matter. They couldn't wasn't lose. the be all end all lose top spot. It wasn't the be all end all for them, right? But they they had earned that right to manage to get minutes into players, and so we Perth can't begrudge that or complain about it because we didn't have enough wins along the way to be in that situation ourselves. And if and if we had finished top Perth. I can't imagine that wouldn't have been a situation where we were trying to get minutes into players either. So it'd be hypocritical to criticise it when because it doesn't go your way. I think equally for Tasmania, like the Tassie Jack Jumper story is extraordinary. Yeah, I love it. And it, if they win it, it's Australia's Leicester in the EPL. Like it is an incredible story. First year team, everyone said that their list wasn't good enough and wasn't going to be competitive. The, all the basketball experts had them in the bottom two. They've gone in first season. They've gone into a market where the AFL hasn't dared to tread yet in Tassie with its own team. They've set it up. They've built a stadium in eight months. It's sold out capacity. And they just fight and they find a way. Now, unfortunately, we, Perth, are the victims of that this time around and we're desperately disappointed, as hopefully you can tell today. But I think in a few days from now, I'll look at it and be full of admiration and praise for Tassie and what they've been able to achieve. And they are going to be dangerous in this in this final right. series. Yeah. Oh, yeah, my goodness. All right, now one more. Um, now, our good mate, Liam Pickering, uh, many, many years ago, Hutchie, yep. and, and this is public, so I'm not talking behind out of school here, dubbed you the cooler. Yep. Have you struck again with this Perth Wildcats failure to do something they've done for 35 years in a row? Damo, I'm a big boy. I've been around a while. I can accept all the jokes. I can accept everything laid at me. I think if there's anyone to blame for Perth missing the finals, we and me are happy to take full responsibility for it. But I'll assure you this, we will be back harder, fiercer, and more committed than ever to win next year. So the cooler hasn't struck? Well, cooler has struck. I, I can't work out what the answer I'm, is. I'm, I'm happy to take all the jokes you want to fire my way, Damo, and we'll move on. Well, you, well what, what I will say, Archie, is, is whatever is going on at the Perth Wildcats, it's probably not as bad as what's going on at a couple of AFL clubs here in, in Melbourne, particularly the one that... Let's talk about your beloved kangaroos. So you, you've... Campaigned and no, I haven't campaigned. I've just observed and re- no, no, I've re- observed and reported what I could see unfolding, and I don't think I've been. Them. I don't think I've been wrong on one aspect of it. I pushed hard for them not to go to the Gold Coast at the time. Oh well, that would have because they had such. They, a, they might have been finished off by now had had you got your way and you got them there. So, so how do you feel about your once famous club and the way it's going at the moment? Oh, it's again removed my connections with it. It's just as as a, as a football media person, not journalist. You're a fan. You are. You're, well, I, I you're damn, emotional I, about it. I, no, the, the emotion's got nothing to do with it. It oh, absolutely does. No, it hasn't. Because you can't be neutral about that. Because I get accused of, of being overly aggressive and, and nasty toward probably seven other clubs too. It's, it's, that's not unique. And you know this. You, you've been in that situation more than me, where, where you get accused of, of being too hard on certain clubs. I, I'm no harder on North than, than I have been on Essendon, as I have been on Collingwood at times. So remove all that of it. But 
we, I mean, I want to actually give me your perspective because my, my, my views are well known. They've been well known for probably four years now and, and nothing's changed from what I've been saying. I don't feel. You tell me. I mean, you, you've been quite supportive of some of their moves in recent times or at least Which counter. Moves? Well, you've been, you've been a counter view to my, um, my criticisms on, on, at times. I know you do that to get the conversation going at times. But you tell me what you see um, with this club. Well, they're in, a, they're in a real spot, aren't they? Because they, they lack, I mean, they're going to have another year or two or three of being down the bottom. They lack, well, our big argument became when I said they were wasting their time trying to squeeze a premiership out of, like seven or eight years ago when we were arguing in Ubers in Los Angeles. <laughs> when I said to you, don't mention North Melbourne. <laughs> I, I, I'd said to you that their strategy of trying to finish fifth or sixth was flawed and they needed to need to get on with the future. And you, you said, no, they, they need to keep trying to squeeze life out of this team. We've well, got the two prelims in a row. Yeah. And, and the second of those I, two, I would argue, they, they could have won the second of those two prelims. I'm not saying they would have won the grand final. Have, but, no, no, but they got, I mean, they're hard to make, Archie, grand finals. I mean, they're, they're harder to win, obviously, but they're hard to make. And they were, they were now, a couple of, they were a couple of ball bounces away from at least getting through to a grand final in 15. Could have, would have, should have. Our, uh, yeah, our exactly. AFL culture, wrongly or rightly, is win or don't win. That's all that matters in AFL. Well, I don't think it is anymore. I think it's try and stay out of the headlines as best you can when you're going terribly. And and they, I mean, a lot of clubs set three, four, five-year plans that never, ever materialise. And, and North effectively set one, you know. They lack, they lack relevance, they lack respect, and they lack impact on the competition right now. Yeah. Now, with that said, the the 21s and 22s, there's a bit to play with, isn't there? Like is Davis there? Uniac, Taron Thomas... Yeah, the, the, Francis. tick, 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 yep, yep. But what? who else? I think there's a, there's at least a group of coming through, but mm, yeah. I'm not sure they've, re- out I'm not sure they've on really- a group. Have they really bottomed out yet, though, at the top? No, I think that's the worry, because there's seven or eight players Cunnington, on- Zeeble, on... Goldstein. Yeah. And, and They're all coming to the end. There's seven or eight players being brought in from other clubs on yep. on ridiculous money compared with what they'd be getting on an open market And right is the now. fan base big enough to make it work long term? I don't think that's an issue. I just think the direction of the club, Hutchie, and I've been critical of two people in particular, they being Glenn Archer and, and Ben Buckley, who who made decisions initially to recontract Brad Scott and then halfway through that recontracting decided to move him on. And then they bring in Reece Shaw and that that barely lasted yep. one year of him as coach. And then they and then they then had to get bring in a consultant by the name of Paul Ruse because they weren't confident enough to make the own decision themselves and have it publicly presented. And then now they've both gone. They've both left the project they started. I, I don't – that doesn't sit comfortably. So how do you feel about the current hierarchy at North Melbourne? Oh, well, I think it's very undermanned, underpersoned, I should say. Um, there's not much experience at any level of it in a, in a footy club sense. And, and I feel for Sonia Hood because she's now taken over from Ben Buckley, um, taken over a mess, and, and it's not her fault. And right. I, don't, I don't know how she's going to wade through it. Do you think the coach is the right guy for the long term? I wouldn't know, and I don't even put him into the conversation just yet. How, how would you know? I mean, it's, he hasn't got a lot to work with, I don't think. He really hasn't got a lot to work with. But ultimately, Paul Ruse made that decision on behalf of the club, and then he isn't there either, officially, anymore. He was paid yeah. as a, That's a bit odd. exorbitantly paid as a consultant a to basically that, handpick him. A bit and, odd, that whole thing, isn't it? Oh, Paul Ruse. time, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, why, why would you need to pay him a lot of money? And I'll let the club work tell us what it was, but it was, it was a lot of money for what he did. And then all he did, when I say all he did, he, he certainly found David Noble. Um, but he's not there either. So I, I don't know. I, I just don't get it, Hutchie. You, you've been defensive of Ben Buckley and Glenn Archer. No, I think you've been hard on Glenn. So I've defended Glenn a little bit because I think you've been hard on him. They made one bad blue, which was reassure. So you can't, you can't deny that. But yeah, it's a long road out of where they are for North Melbourne. Yeah. And they're, they're not the sort of team which has 
the means to wait out the tough years, like say, like you know, a Hawthorne might or an, another strong team might. Hey, can I switch gears a couple on a couple of fronts? Yep, because I want to too. I want to get to something quite emotional. Seriously, first, maybe. Okay. L- yeah. Loretta Kelly, Hutchie. Loretto Kelly. Um, we, we've mentioned Loretta Kelly on this show a few times over the journey, being yep. the, the shorthand teacher of so many people in, in Melbourne, at least, in journalism. Um, shorthand being that lost art, that the art that I never actually achieved. I've got 90 words a minute. It's meant to be 120. I couldn't get to 120. She nearly got to me to 120. Um, she passed away. Zoe Curtis on, on social media, Hutchie, um, has, has posted a, a lovely um, take on on Loretto's involvement with so many people in, in journalism. And um, again, we, we've we've talked about it regularly. You, you went through the Loretto Kelly system too, didn't you? I did. And I I think I sent, I think it was Saturday, I sent a tweet out when I saw the, the news, like many people did, ex-alumni, Herald Sun, Loretto, or Loretta, as she was often uh, referred as well, was remarkable influence on so many Herald Sun cadets. I remember when the day when, famously, when Loretta had, Loretto had given up on on me <laughs> without saying it. And she said, and I'm sure she did for hundreds of cadets, Damo, here's the test. <laughs> Nowhere in the fine print does it say it can't be an open book test. <laughs> so in essence, gave me the answers. Did to you get, get 120? Only because Loretto helped me cheat. See, I only got to 90. And, and that, even that would as a, was a bodgy 90, I reckon, so... But it, it was the system, the cadetships in those. Oh, I was a three-year cadet. Were you a three-year cadet? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was a copy boy before a oh, three-year cadet. The and then I actually, I was longer than the three years because I didn't get the shorthand. That was my problem. I think I was in a cadet for four or five years. You had to go back. I had to leave to, to become <laughs> a greater journalist. <laughs> it, it was an intense three-year cadetship. The, the old days- It's still the, the best grounding. It, it, they threw everything at you, which is why it's, I mean, I, I've had to really work hard to try and adapt my- role as an employer to the new incoming workforce of 2022 because it is far removed from what we went through, which Ooh, is yeah. we went through three years where they throw the kitchen sink at you and see they can break you. And But they, they also provide an experience that you, you shouldn't and wouldn't get otherwise with, with exposure oh, to the best no, journalists it, in the system it was magn- working in the big rounds. It was magnificent. You got six weeks in every round. You got... I think my, from memory, I did two stints at the Weekly Times writing about grain and cattle and wheat. I would love to find some of these old bylines of uh, you writing about I've got cattle a, prices. I've got a few of them still. Have you? Yeah. I, I did we might forget these police rounds, summer. midnight shift. I did eight months of monitoring. Imagine you in the midnight shift. You, wouldn't have, you, would, you, would, you would have slept the whole way through. I did six months of five point yeah. with, under Tudor. Remember Tudor? He walked out famously. The, the, the five point was a great, and you could get an extra shift as a five point if you did the Sunday papers as well. And four, they paid. They paid well, given four, we got nothing as a cadet. Four p.m. midnight. Remember? It. <laughs> <laughs> and I did uh, two months on uh, cooking with Dorothy Carter. <laughs> you have mentioned that before. <laughs> what else did I was the our oh, um, oh, courts? Did you do courts? Uh, no, because I didn't have shorthand. You had to get shorthand oh, to do courts. Well, actually, shorthand Loretto's shorthand was pivotal to getting a court shift. And yeah. you generally, as a cadet, you'd get one of the low courts, like the magistrates or the <laughs> county court. There wasn't much going on. You didn't get near the Supreme Court. There was a full-timer on the <laughs> Supreme Court. I was, um, I somehow was, uh, when it wasn't anywhere near the focus on it that is now, the, the property writer there for a period of time, that was a that was a gig. property writer? Yeah, that was a, that was a gig for a, <laughs> a younger person oh. who had no real experience in the caper. Oh, did you do obits? Uh, not as a not as a not as a regular role, but I certainly yeah. did yeah. assist I, in some of them. Yeah, I did obits for a while. Yeah, I, yeah. So and the, I told you about the state rounds days with when when Jeff was 
just starting starting for the on his wave that to become premier and and was coming out of it and then Brumbley and Mr Brumley as he used to call him when he first burst onto the scene deliberately condescendingly Mr Brumley because well, you did uh, state round, state rounds for didn't you with Matt yeah. Pickney yeah. yeah. Yeah, we've talked about it. So there you go. Yeah, no, I just wanted to jump in there because I didn't. I didn't want to uh, get through our show today and having forgotten to uh, to at least reference the we, um, the passing of Loretta Kelly. Our, our absolute thoughts to uh, the family and our love and thanks for the influence you had on all of us who came through the Herald Sun system. I'm looking forward to speaking of the Herald Sun. Piers Morgan, the promotion leading into Talk TV for Piers Morgan has been a work of art. I think it is. <laughs> The leverage socially and the way that it has built momentum into the first show has been absolutely from the top shelf. I think I told you I was in at uh, TalkSport in the UK last week, which is a business like ours in the English system. Yep. So TalkSport was purchased by News, the radio business in sport, and it's become a big audio player in the UK, built predominantly on the EPL. Lots in common with us, and I spent an hour or a couple of hours in there last Thursday, and the same department is overseeing that show. He has got the place humming, Piers. And the promotion of it, I think he's driven a lot of it himself. He's got some brilliant marketers to work with across three countries. So my question is this. The Donald Trump interview. Yep. Now okay. you, you flagged the possibility of this being a setup last week when we, uh, we just got wind of this interview, which as today is still yet to yep. air. And it will air tomorrow, apparently, on, uh, on Tuesday of this week. Piers and Donald go back a long way. 15 years ago, Piers won The Apprentice, which was Donald's breakthrough in television. Oh, is that the connection? Yep. I didn't even know that. They go back a long way. And obviously, Piers lived in New York for a period of time where Donald was rolling hard at, at the time. When you think about the office of the US president, you think it's beyond reproach from anything that's just a little- We used to be. Pageantry. Yeah. It, I half wonder whether elements of this interview and the then distribution of reaction to it have been not orchestrated between the two of them. And- is he playing with the with the office of the United States, presidency of the United States, to help an old friend promote his show? How complicit is he in this? Because this is what happened. The interview, I'm, well, I'll watch it tonight when I get home from Footy Classified. It's on tonight on Australia, on Sky. After the interview, they've released the clips of him storming out allegedly and calling him whatever. And so Piers has released that. Donald Trump, in consecutive days, has put out press releases angry about the Piers promotion, which has only helped the promotion. Yes. It feels like an old school, yeah. we're in this together, G up this. What, what's your take it, on it? It does feel that way. Yeah. I, I haven't got into it as closely as you have, but you put the seed in, in my mind last week on this show, and we did it later in the week. Um, and since I've seen a few postings, and yeah, it, it does look like it's a complete setup, if I'm to be totally honest right now. And there, you know what? There won't be anything in the interview either, will there? There'll be nothing well, in the interview. And that, that, there's been enough so far. Like there's what's he said? Well, I mean, he's still hanging on to the election piece, which I, I get. But the, well, we know that the front page exits today were around Prince Harry and Meghan, which has travelled pretty aggressively in the UK, saying, "Well, Donald's talking about those. They things. should be stripped of their titles." And what, what weight's that got, though? I mean, it doesn't operate into the British system. He's used a term around about Harry in relation to Meghan, which. It could be perceived as a little bit derogatory, but that's cut through in the UK papers where it's been freely caught re- up with it, freely reported. And well, he's, they've got a common agenda there, then, don't they? I mean, that's been Piers Morgan's beat. Yeah, he's a he's a um, breathtakingly good social marketer, Piers. Like he's as, he's as good a user of the platform Twitter as I've seen. 
you need to have a thick skin to do it because he's prepared to be to say the thing that he knows is going to get the reaction. Yeah, and uh, a lot of people hate him, but he's a professional, and I just think this might be something really interesting. This. So, w- will you watch it? Yeah, hundred percent. Will you going to watch it? No, nah, no interest at all. <laughs> I'm, I'm interested in the build up to it now. He's promoted it, but I've got no interest in the content because he would try and make yeah. it about himself as, think, as much as Donald won't he? I think at that level, you need to have an element of severe narcissism. Yep. In order to be successful. Yes. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. I always it think, takes a special type. I always think like if I was thrown if I was had nothing else to do in life other than that, could I be any good at it? And I think I I just wouldn't have the absolute commitment to being as narcissistic. Yeah. People might argue about about me, but I <laughs> But I think the, the, the true narcissist be, doesn't have doesn't feel the need to have a commitment to it. He or she just is. Well, that's the other thing. Is narcissists don't actually identify or understand they, that they, they are one. They, they would refute that they are. Yeah. It doesn't, isn't so that, that a true narcissist? It makes me worry sometimes. <laughs> I might be and haven't noticed it about In fact, myself. you're thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'd say you're a lot of things, Hutch. I, I, I wouldn't put the narcissism words against you. Hey, yeah, what do you get- On that theme, by the way, I want to just bring this to the table. Hmm. Criticism, criticism of media. Yep. Now- this is what happens in our industry, and we've talked about this a lot over the journey. We sit back as media, and we have a comment on everything known to man. Yep. Don't like this, can't handle that, why do you think this, why do you think that, etc. We argue with each other. No, Damo, you're wrong. No, Tony Jones, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. Uh, we'll argue. The minute somebody- <laughs> I think I know where you're going. <laughs> the minute somebody criticizes the media- Yep. We down tools. We all come together. Hang on a minute. Someone outside the tent's bagging us. This is unacceptable. Scott I'm Penelbury. Not, I'm not covering this. And then was like town hall meeting, all media are called. Something's happened here. We're allowed to blame everyone else. Someone's had a go at us. This can't happen. Everyone down tools. You see the fiercest enemies. You and Robbo come together. Right. No, 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 no. Oh, no, no that, that, that bit won't happen. Down tools for half an hour. You heard about what's happened? Someone's had a go at the media. We in the media, and Alistair Clarkson's pointed this out along the way with Mike Sheehan. I don't mean to single out people, but he calls him Precious. precious. We oh, have precious. the greatest glass jaws <laughs> the world has ever seen. So I'm, I'm announcing now, and what I want for this next week, Jane, well, is the I'm, stone cold Steve Austin. I'm guilty of this, Hutchie, in the past week. I, I had a crack at Scott Pendlebury. That's exactly where I'm going. Oh, right. Okay. So the Glass Jaw Award, I want the Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, when he comes through and that glass shatters and he, and he enters a wrestling ring. I want that as the opener, No, Jane. no, no, no one knows that, Hutchie. If that's all right with you, Jane. And <laughs> the Glass Jaw Award, or the Glass Jaws, <laughs> and at the end of the year, the I'll, be, I'll be giving out, I'm going to get this made by a crystal company, I'm going to be giving out the Media Glass Jaw Can this be of part year. of the Sandies? Because we did the Sandies last year. I'm going to do the Glass Jaw Sandy. I've already got a sort of... Pictures in my head, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get a glass jaw, mate, like an actual stiff jaw. And I'm going to give this out for the glass jaw of the year. And along the way, I'm going to do nominees. So let's get started. You're our first nominee, Damo. Yes. For yes. the Sounding Board Glass Jaw of the Year Award. And it starts with this. I, I read, I got off the plane on Friday and I saw on your uh, if and uh, then comments, exciting doors, which exciting is doors. finally back late April. Well done, by the way, after you just last write, finished writing in September. Good to have it back seven months after it last appeared. If it gets half of me in clicks a, a week, Hutchie, so well, it gets back in February. It must be about 250,000 a column, man, because you barely write it. If Pendles during the week offended the observation of the player to send issue in golfing the game, no offence, but I feel like the media last script to understand it, then no offence back your way, Scott, but you've got absolutely no idea what you're talking about. This has not been media-driven. So you've, you've seen the opportunity to defend. I've taken the baton on behalf of all oh, media, Hutchie, to have a go at him. On uh, AFL occasionally, here's a little bit of what you said. 
Oh, you've got again, again, Scott. Once again, no offence. I, I don't know how you've managed to make this a, a media issue when it's when it's a competition and player issue. And then I go to the Sunday agenda on the Sunday Footy Show yesterday, and lo and behold, what's the new agenda? It's last week's agenda. Here's Damo again. I don't know where Scott was coming from with that comment, given given what had happened out of round five, and, and also the admissions from the AFL itself that the umpires hadn't cracked down across the board in the in the consistent way. <laughs> So, Damo, Hutchie, you've gone. when do you have time to buy, A, read, <laughs> read Sliding Doors, B, listen to AFL Daily, and C, watch Sunday Footy Show? I'm worried about you. Listen, look at me. Have a look at me. If our industry's in your hands as the AFMA president, and you've got the worst glass you're in the industry, we're all cooked. I haven't got a glass. We're job. all cooked. You just got to remind these, these footballers, Hutchie. That, these footballers. These footballers. Listen. <laughs> If these footballers who, who guess what? When Scott Pendleby finishes his career at the end of twenty twenty three, where's he gonna where's his first gig gonna be? It'll be in t- at your station. So let me have a go at this for you, Dave. he's calling footy for you in twenty twenty four. Oh <laughs> in your in your parlance, Damo. Yeah. The, the sounding board sliding doors. If someone dares have something to say about the media that's different to the media's opinion, then harden the hell up, man, and accept it. <laughs> Everyone's entitled to an opinion. That is one of the great glass jaws from you. And so you're our first inductee in the sounding board glass jaw of the year award, D. Barrett, date 24th of the 4th, 2022. And all points important, by the way, if you see anyone in the media take offence to something... Back the other way. This is not what we do on this show, Hutchie. This is very much you and Pickers on Saturday mornings. I don't, I don't, we don't want this on this show. Hashtag glass jaw. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> and Jane, who is brilliant on social, by the way, Jane will be all over this. Hashtag glass jaw. And what I want you to point out for me all the times we in the media get offended. <laughs> I'll be. And the, by the way, the very. So, so I'm the clubhouse leader. Yeah. The very best journalists I know have also the biggest glass jaws I know. <laughs> You're one of them. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm name I, I, I am guilty of I've that. Named, I've named Michael. Reed. I am guilty of, of protecting the craft, <laughs> whatever, whatever Car- that craft is these days. Uh, uh, Caroline, glass jaw. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> the very best journalist. The patron saint of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, Hutchie, we didn't I get think, this last week. By the way, I'm perfectly equipped to give the glass jaw because I've been on the... Giving in and receiving in. I think I sit neatly on the bridge on this. So the glass jaw is a thing. <laughs> it's good to see you up and about. You, you've regrouped after the uh, the Perth Wildcats fans got you. You've, uh, you've taken a while, but you've got oh, back and you're bit. punching back. Hey, yeah, we didn't get to this last week and we should have. Um, Melbourne Press Club hands back McClure's quill. Uh, Melbourne Press Club to reinstate quill for Sam McClure story. Uh, so... Story about the Adelaide camp of some years ago won a Quill Award, the prestigious Quill Award for it. Uh, subsequent to his own paper, and this is the issue in my eyes, Hutch, he apologising for parts of that story and issuing a an apology publicly and other aspects of a, a statement around it. Award was taken away temporarily by, well, and, and someone else at the Herald Sun slipped in, Michael Warner, um, to... to temporarily be given. Was he given the award? Well, it was written in the Herald Sun that he was, the new, he was the new winner. And then there was an independent board assessed and formed to then re-look at the whole thing. And now we go back to the status quo and Sam's the winner. So if you're listening to the sounding board and you're not, you've got an interest in the art, in the journalism and media world, but you don't actually have never worked in it. You'd be sitting back thinking, look at our industry going, yeah, what, what, what a racket this is. What goes on in that? Yeah. yeah. 
And you'd be right. Yep. What a farce. Complete how, farce. How do, how do you strip well, It's, it's farce on a, few, on a few fronts, by the way. Can you imagine if a sporting body stripped someone of an award and then reinstated it two weeks ago, how yep. the media would treat that decision? Yep. And then you, you probably need to get to, and I'm not going to go down this path, Hutchie, but, but who made certain decisions along the way? Well, I, I, to award the the award to, to Sam McClure and then B, to take it off him temporarily and then C, the independence of the fresh panel to come in and look at the whole thing, that the people who make up all those panels, I don't even know who they are, Hutchie, but, but got, we're all connected. They've all got a dog in the fight. Everyone's right? got a dog in a fight. Yeah. yeah. It, be it be it a current employment, be it a past employment, be it a dislike, be it a bias against individuals, organisations, issues, even issues. Yeah, as we're a, kidding ourselves. As an industry, journalism's in need of a, a higher degree of what sanction, respect, um, structure. This was a bit of a fuss, and I I still go back to his own organisation, though. Well, of course, it was. So, had they not, they wanted to have the fifty cent each way bet. They wanted to make the legal problems go away on the on the issue, but also somehow present that the story stood up. You can't have it both ways. So I'm putting the blame at this one back on Sam McClure's organisation, that being the Age primarily, who who ultimately chose to apologise publicly. And the moment you do that, it does put a question mark over the contents of the article in question because you, you are willingly apologising to make a legal matter go away. Damo, not to sound like you, but to, if you go back to Series 7, Episode 5, whatever it is. Or <laughs> whatever it was. Episode 6, as you would say, um, of the sounding board. Um, <laughs> I think you said that. I said point blank, the age yep. made a blue. Yep. First week, they let their guy down. Yep. Or their person down. And at the same time, they're prepared to, to spend millions. I think it would be into millions now on, on another yeah. and very celebrated case. To be fair, they realised that. Infamously celebrated. They realised they made a blue because if you look at the press release saying it's back, it's full of quotes from the editor and it, well, this is the right outcome. And you know, like I think they conceded they made a blue Yeah. after they were, many of their senior staff pointed out to them that that's not how we do things around here. Well, they, they put Sam through an, an ordeal that, that they probably shouldn't have put him through, I feel. He was discouraged, wasn't he, at the time from entering it too. But he, to his credit, he... he By whom? But I, I believe that there were people at the time who said, you know, given that there's a challenge here, perhaps don't enter. Oh, right. He entered anyway, to his credit. Okay. And then he's seen off the near ball. So there you go. All right. Hachi, just a couple of quick ones. Um, streaming services. I, I raise it in the context of CNN Plus, which is a, an outlet that I'm not totally familiar yep. with as, as much as you may be. I, I believe it was launched to some fanfare some time ago. Yep. It's effectively, and I, I can't even find the article I've managed to. Did uh, you see Donald Trump, you. Donald Trump Jr.'s tweet on Donald Trump Jr. is hard to stomach on social at times. Very, but he had the coffin of CNN Plus and he had people dancing as they were carrying the coffin. I, thought, I didn't say that, oh, no. It never made me laugh. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so, but it's gone, is that right? Is it? Is that, uh, it's out of the system now? It is. It lasted only a month. Now, there were people that climbed all over it and said you know, it's demise and whatever, but I do believe that there was, there was an acquisition of the platform, right? They've just merged the streaming services. So it's not what it seems. I did I probably notice- wanted to, I probably wanted to raise it though more from the, the, the streaming others, space. The others, the others didn't cover it. So you know how we talked last week about how everyone climbed on here to Netflix? Yeah, and, and Paramount was, was pumped up in by Channel 10 as they yep. as they pushed out Netflix. Yeah. That, that that pesky newcomer. That's right. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, in this instance, the other American outlets didn't cover its demise. So there was respect paid. Oh, right. Gives it a little interesting insight into the different it does. mentalities. PVO, by the way, do you see PVO's on the warpath on this election? <laughs> 
I just want to just check in on PVO for a sec. Peter Van Onselen, for those new to the show. That's his latest fascination. The one thing PBO, the head of political reporting for the Network 10 slash Labor Party, didn't understand was <laughs> he didn't forecast that ScoMo might make a late run. <laughs> Is he okay? He looked like he was about to flip on the weekend. <laughs> when, <laughs> well, you, you sent through a, a wad of PBO um, takes on, on social media. I've got to be honest, Archie, I, I couldn't bring myself to go through them all. So, so the federal tell me what you've sent me. Federal government flagged their um, potential tax guarantee or no tax increases, and he's sitting home on a weekend, and it almost got the better of him. It was a, you know, when you see someone's in a tweet that says one of three or one of four, as if there's no way this is getting into 140 characters. This is what he said. This is the independent head of the political um, covering for the. Network 10. The lower tax guarantee now say coalition policy is vacuous and misplaced. Committing to a tax to GDP ratio of no higher than 23.9% when spreading is much higher just means guaranteed structural deficits until spending comes down. But people don't want spending cuts, they want services like age can be better. So today's coalition announcement is either a weak introduction to future spending cuts or just guaranteed deficits longer to the future by a party that claims to be fiscally conservative. Also, there's no guaranteed tax reform this, so this so-called guarantee. No modernising the tax system, which is long overdue. It's just a hollow... Vacuous slogan without a serious debate or plan for what the tax system needs to look like Enough, into the future to match Enough. community expectations. <laughs> that was his weekend tweet, David. And, and I think you sped yourself up there to 1.7 speed there on that uh, on that particular Special take. Cheer out everyone listening to us at 2.5 right now. We've got a headache. <laughs> or 3.8 after you sped yourself up before they hit the 1.7. Um, I didn't by listen the, to By the way, for those who are listening on Fast Forward, here's what I just said. Spit up at our end. Also, there's no guaranteed tax reform. This is so this so-called guarantee. No more not the tax system, which is long overdue. Whatever that's going to end up like, Jane. <laughs> I don't even need to know if you're going to go there. Hey, yeah, let's hit to, uh, head to the question of the week. On the sounding board, it's our question of the week for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to Drinkwise. A lot of questions about your involvement in the Wildcats. Uh, for those uh, who have heard the past first parts of this show, it's all there. So I'm going to refer you back there. Ben Mignatoli on Facebook. In the past, we've had documentaries showing AFL clubs and what happens behind the scenes. Recently, we had one with player agents and what the trade period looks like. Craig. Would you consider letting Amazon or similar in for six months to be a fly on the wall to show behind the scenes of a sports media company? Damo would surely agree to this and that he would also agree that it would be the icing on the cake for the warming of Hutchie. This is a fantastic idea from Ben Mignatoli. I, yeah. I would love for you to have a camera next to you from, from the moment your alarm goes off at whatever it is these days, quarter to five or quarter past five, through to bedtime at, what is it these days, One forty-five a.m. or whatever it is. I don't even know you're rolling with these days, Hutchie. You I sleep for ben, about three hours. I think I can't begin to imagine that would be interesting, but oh, if could. Amazon wanted to do it, Oh, here we go. Very progressive. He can see a business opportunity. Led by uh, Arno and their agency, Rufus oh, his name, and name and Melissa. We'd be very, very happy to be part of that. Well, I would only sign off on, on it, Ben, from my perspective as, as it being the warming of Hachi, if it's warts and all. It, it, it can't be what we often get, one of these uh, arrangements where the subject is allowed the uh, the right of veto at the very end. It just has to be camera rolling and go for Not it. Not only that, we potentially look at an SEN channel on Amazon Prime as part of any deal, Ben. So there you go. <laughs> I didn't expect that to become a, a business pitch, but of course it was always <laughs> going to be when I think about it. And I don't know why I uh, let you down that path, Archie. But that was uh, episode 12 of Series 7 of the Sounding Board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Wise. <laughs> 
Thanks for listening to the Sounding Board Podcast with Hutchie and Damo. Tune in for questions tomorrow and to send a question to the boys, email thesoundingboard at sen.com.au, follow the show on Twitter at Sounding Board EP and like the Facebook page. It's all thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Drinkwise.